most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Agent Jones? Yes, sir. Episode 262. How the heck are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm a little bit chilly. This tabletop is stone and it is... So cold. Freezing cold, but it feels quite nice to rest my arms again. It doesn't feel nice. It's so cold. We are recording this on a Sunday afternoon. We had lunch at three o'clock because that's when we got home from... Church. Yes, church went a little long, which was wonderful. It was really dark outside. You made taco soup. Whenever it's raining, I want soup. And I don't begrudge you that. And there's maybe three or four different soups that I make. And I would say this one was the best taco soup you've ever made. Yeah, but you say that every time I make taco they soup. They just keep getting better. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not I'm not given to hyperbole or lying. Okay. They, they were amazing. Yeah. Amazing. They were amazing. Weekly catch up. Tell me about this week. I feel like this week is worthy of a weekly catch-up. Yeah, lots happened this week. I think this was the first full week that I didn't teach at the school. So that was nice. I well, mean, in terms yes. of, you know, I'm with you. just workload stuff. What were you doing while I was teaching? Because I taught on fivefold ministry, apostles and prophets. Well, I did take Monday off. Oh, look at you. So I just five. sat Caring at home in the quiet. You were gone. The kids were gone. This house is so nice and quiet when y'all aren't here. I just sat in I'm the living sure. room and just breathed. I, I taught at the school, and then I taught at m and and I can't remember the last time I've done that. It's probably years ago where I've done a full day's teaching, yeah. and then go teach at m and Yeah. And I had fun teaching at m and I think, I forget, I'm not very good at titling. I, I rarely ever, if ever, title my messages. Yes. But the title of my message last Monday was, God's purposes can't be stopped, but they can be missed. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and I almost became a Calvinist. Oh, oh dear. No, it's, I was just talking about how... <laughs> let's I've, let's notify RT. <laughs> <laughs> I already did. I emailed him and just said, hey, I preached a message that might make you less ashamed to say you're, you know, I'm a friend of yours. Oh, good. But yeah, no, I had, I had lots of fun. I, I've just been sat with the majesty and the confidence of God that he's God and that he's all powerful and that we can still opt out of what he's doing, mm-hmm. which by the way, we never want to opt out, but no. often we do Yeah, because of her or... Well, a variety of reasons. That's yes. what I speak on. Speak on. That's what I speak on. That's what he speak on. I wasn't able to learn a spoke proper England. <laughs> no. I put a link don't, in the show notes. Don't speak with a Scottish accent or this is going to have to be a short podcast. I don't mind it being a short. Mm-hmm. You, you, I, never in my wildest dreams would I ever think that a Scottish accent would be a turn off. Apologies to the whole turn nation of Scotland. Turn off or turn on? A turn on is what I meant. Well, yeah, I married a guy with a Scottish accent and now you sound like an American. I sound like American. Well, not quite. I sound like a real good not American. Not like a redneck, <laughs> but just an American. Okay, we're just alienating all people groups here. Yeah, very good. Okay. Yeah. All right, I taught, you taught. Hey, friends, if you're a redneck, we still love you. you do. <laughs> we do. We've got lots of good friends who are good rednecks. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, wouldn't they call themselves like more, I'm trying to think. No, what, they what call Matt themselves calls rednecks. Themselves. Okay. Yep. Good. Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along before we lose subscribers. Yeah. Um, we did, we had, because this is kind of a relaxing week, like moving into a relaxing week. Yeah. We've done lots of movies at home, which I, we haven't had time to sit and watch movies. Yeah, so I haven't up. watched a movie in months. We we watched a new James Bond movie. What did you think? We did. It was very long. Oh, it was. Two hours, 37 minutes, something like that. It felt even longer. I am a sucker for a good James Bond movie, and this was a good James Bond movie. It was no a good spoilers. movie. Yeah, yeah. I just, I love the scope. Mm-hmm. The, the the grandiose cinematic scope, and the cinematography was beautiful, and oh, I, I loved it. I think it's going to tie into what we're going to talk about, but I've got so many emotional memories yeah. tied to James Bond movies, yeah. because as a family, yeah, it was the one movie that my parents would let us watch when we were kids. That's, really? that's how I learned about making out. We called James it Bond. James Bond. That's kisses. how you learned about I making did. out. I did. I love it. I James remember Bond my mom kisses. and dad would explain it's a James Bond kiss. Yeah. I mean, forget that he was a philanderer. <laughs> <laughs> Those morals escaped. Do you us, think but. James Bond ever belched in his wife's mouth <laughs> when he was kissing her? <laughs> okay, that's coming up. <laughs> well, Tell we're a doing a weekly catch up. <laughs> So it just okay, came to me. I had a moment in our marriage where I've never been so simultaneously horrified and astonished that I'm still alive to tell the tale. <laughs> I, I leaned in to kiss AJ, open mouth kiss, 
And as I leaned in to kiss her, I belched. <laughs> into my I mouth. don't mean a burp. No. I don't mean a burp. I mean no. a Horrific. belch. It was an exhale as well. And I kind of blew it all into her mouth. <laughs> you didn't beat me. I was surprised. I walked away <laughs> in shock <laughs> and Gasping horror. For air. <laughs> And then you tried to apologize profusely. I still think you owe me something. I just haven't decided what I'm going to require of you. Well, I did not mean it. Yeah, it's okay. You're still going to pay. It. It, was, <laughs> it was horrifying. Anyway, yeah. love the James Bond movie. Yeah. And then last night we watched Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes. What do you Which think Which I guess is a Marvel movie, isn't it? <laughs> There's no guess. <laughs> it's a Marvel movie. Well, yeah. I was thinking, you know, in my mind, some things get Buckle up. a little... A little confused. So I realized when we were starting the James Bond movie, we had to go back and watch trailers for the previous four movies because I you didn't was know who thinking, was. well, no, I'm sort of amalg- I'm sort of amalgamating Mission Impossible with James Bond, and so I was like, oh yeah, I know who that guy is because he gets trapped at the end of the last movie in a box in an underground and whatever. And then I was like, oh no, that. This movie that one had have Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise in, in it. it. You know, yeah. so we had to go back and watch trailers and you like... Yeah, I, I showed you like the previous films with Daniel Craig and the trailer uh-huh. so you could yeah. know who they're talking about. Yeah, and uh, so I realized sometimes I, I get them all jumbled up. And then sometimes with the... Um, not Not so much with the Marvel movies, but because they're all sort of different... Uh, well, like, <laughs> you know... Go on. There's like Guardian of the Galaxy... Marvel people, and then there's like. To be fair, there are a lot of superheroes. People, yeah, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it used to be like we were in a big routine of when they would come out. Yeah, and you know the last couple of years has been chaos. Yeah, and so yeah, we uh, there's a movie out in the theaters right now called The Eternals, which we haven't seen because we're not prone to go to a movie theater in the you know midst of a pandemic. It, so we're just watching them when they come out. I got confused that you. I got confused that you had already seen the Black Widow one. We watched it, darling, in our living room. Yeah, see, I don't. So Abby remembers that the three of us watched it. But for some reason, you I have a mental block. I don't think block. you're lying to me, but I don't remember I watched lots it with of things. You. Yeah, I don't remember lots okay. of things. I think we've established that over the course of our marriage. Certainly. All right. So, Anything else happened this week? Um, adoption news. Adoption news. Yeah, we launched. Uh, the adoption podcast, of mm-hmm. course, um, and got lots of great comments and just super encouraging your, words. So thank you for thank you. you know one of my favorite things is I don't when I say lots of people come out of the woodwork, I don't mean they were previously hiding. Right. But one of the beautiful <laughs> things about talking about adopting is I've had people come to me and say, "Did you know I was adopted?" Which I hitherto did not know. Right. Um, yeah, I, quite I've a had few birth people, moms yeah. come and say, "Hey, I I placed my child for adoption thirty years ago. I love that you're adopting." We've had people who said, oh, we adopt. And, and I didn't know. And getting to hear people's stories has been wonderful. So thank you to everybody who's reached out and, and shared a story or encouragement or offered to help. We greatly appreciate all those. Yes, so great. And also thank you to everybody who's given. We have a, a GoFundMe and we're just really blown away by people's generosity and their thoughtfulness. One of the sad things I didn't realize is we don't get contact details for people who give. Yes. So we would love to, you know, send you a card or called you and yeah, say thank I w- you. Yeah, I was all like, all right, I'm going to send thank you cards. And we're like, we don't have anybody's all, information All we to can do, do is use GoFundMe kind of built in. So if you just, you know, and I'm worried that might get sent to spam. But a big thank you to everybody who's done yes, that. Yes, thank you so much. And a reminder, if you want to stay up to date on our adoption journey, go to ellenandaj.com slash adopt. And if somehow you missed that episode and you didn't know we're adopting, guess what? We're guess what? adopting. Woo-hoo! Yeah, so we signed up with another uh, larger agency this week. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're still in the waiting we're, game. We're in the waiting game, and I'm excited. Yeah, okay. Anything else from this week? I think that's it. Mark Dupont, Mark Dupont's here. Yeah, yeah, Mark Dupont's here. Uh, Mark Dupont is here, but also, uh, you made the most amazing Scottish shortbread last night accidentally. Well, I mean, I didn't make it accidentally, I made it on purpose, but they're called spritz cookies, apparently. Here. Well, they're not technically a shortbread because a shortbread is a little denser and you would cut it with a cookie cutter. These are made with like a cookie press. Well, they were delicious. Whatever they taste they were. like shortbread, yep. so don't they? Yeah. Yeah, but your ones are like tiny. Like Scottish shortbread you could build houses from. Right. So if you could make them a little bit bigger, that would be wonderful. Yeah. I got, um, I got a gift certificate to a cooking store mm-hmm. uh, for my birthday. And so I got a cookie press so I could make cookies with the girls. And they had a riot making which i'll uh, tickle me 
impressed. Tickle but, you yeah. impressed? Or color me impressed, whatever the saying okay. is. <laughs> when you came home with that, I was like, oh, okay, this looks like a, a ripoff. It looks yeah. like total gimmicks that will yeah. never work. But oh my gosh, yeah. it's like 3D printing, but with dough. Yeah, I it's was just pretty a impressed flat with disc, it. But yeah. the, it's got texture and ridges and layers and peaks and tro- I was super I, impressed. I yes. Did you use them all? Uh, I only used three of the discs. How many so of far. them? Are There's there? like twelve or all something. Right. Well, so, I want to see a full repertoire. Yes, please. yes, yes. Repertoire? So it's right it's word? the uh, I if you if you are looking in cookie presses, it's the OXO one. OXO. I'll put a link in the show notes because. Yeah. I'm sure everybody wants to see. Well, it's quite, it's quite, I'm not a baker. I'm not a baker. So it has to be pretty easy right? and low maintenance for me to be willing to do it. But it is very impressive. Very impressive. Very easy. Easy to clean up. Loved it. All right. Yep. Our main topic. Yes. For this week. Yes. Continue. I'm really enjoying the five things aspect. I don't know if I'm enjoying it because it's easier to come up with topics. Right. Okay. I hope you're enjoying it too. Give us some feedback if you're not. Or if you are, or if you want to suggest other topics that we could talk about. This week is five things we didn't know about therapy. Yes. And before we jump into it, it's worth noting that the term therapy is an umbrella term under which a vast variety of approaches to mental health or wholehearted living could be found. Sure. We are not experts at all, nor are we trying to uh, cover all aspects of therapy. Right. Largely, we're just talking about our experiences with i guess counseling yes and further to that because maybe you'll talk about this you had some horrible experiences with counseling yes many years ago yes so not all counseling or counselors are equal yeah but you can't say that because that's one of my points okay well i'll let you have that but what i was going to say is it's not like we have done christian counseling right and what i mean by that is yes all of the counselors that you and i have seen have been christians but their approach has been from a clinical, classical training. That it's not like they're bringing. Well, I would a, say I've done both. You've done both. Yes. But I mean, in recent years, the, yes. the thing that we're learning about is not necessarily Christian counseling, theophostic, or you know, veering into some of the inner healing stuff. Correct. It's our practitioners do have their own personal faith with Jesus Christ, but they're using traditional counseling tools. Yes. That's what good. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Because you see the title, you could think that we're talking about a wide variety of things, some right. which we've never even heard and of. And there's lots of uh there's lots of tools that we have used. When you like, said have there, have. <laughs> I know some vibrato. <laughs> I was like, you breaching girl. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like we've both had heart sings, we've both had, you know, sozo, we've both done theophostics and and so RTF, uh, you and- know, RTF. So we've we've done We've done all those things. Those would certainly be tools that we would still use. I'm if still we, love. I'm still if, endorse. Yeah, right, right, right. But what we're talking about today is more traditional uh, type of therapy. Yep. Yes. There you go. And we've got five each. Yes. What, did you want to start? Do you want me to start? I don't mind. We'll go wherever. Okay. I'll start. Because then if you take mine, you have to come up with your own. I like that. Isn't that how or that Or we works? could just say, I have the same thing. Oh, I could do that all the way through then. I could just be like, those are my five things. That's what I'm I... dealing with. She's cute. She's in pink. She makes a mean taco soup. But Okay, so um, things I... So I would say having had more Christian-type uh, counseling, you I would end up doing a lot of like theophostics and that kind Explain of stuff. Explain theophostics to people who don't know what theophostics um, is. Theophostics is essentially like re... Uh, Going into a scene that is probably a scene from your life and and asking Jesus, where are you uh, in that scene? And then having a conversation essentially with Jesus about what you're seeing, what's happening, what did he want you to know? Getting his perspective. Getting his perspective. Um, But I would say for me, uh, sometimes that gave me license to not feel my emotions. Right? Sometimes? Well, okay. Many, most, all... Those, yes. So, which, by the way, I don't want to point out as a shortcoming of theophostics. No, I think it's it was what I like. I it was how I sort of was like, oh, I'll just invite Jesus in, and Jesus will tell me the logic of why such and such thing happened, and then I will feel my emotions for an appropriate amount of time, which is probably five to ten minutes, 
Uh, and then I will just move on knowing that, you know, would you whatever say, my truth is. Does would, that make sense? Yes, it makes perfect sense. Would you say that you and I have a similarity in that we prioritize not feeling our feelings as a way to keep our heart safe? Yes. Okay. I, I don't want to make that true about you. It's certainly true about me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So again, not a shortcoming of theophostics per se. No. Just our approach and maybe and, having and no revelation probably, about that. And you being probably more on the logical, like I would tend to lean towards in situations being more logical and linear rather than emotive. Right. Uh, and so I realized, oh, that's how I also did theophostics or you know whatever. And it's, not, it's not that i didn't cry but you know it, it's just like you know there's it, i i realize like i would assess everything with there's a reasonable amount of feeling a set emotion before you're now unreasonable and you should have just gets know, in whatever. the way yeah, yeah. yeah it's, i'm with you so my number one is is that healing is on the other side of feeling my emotions healing is on the other side of feeling your emotions yeah because i would say i uh, and I mean, feeling my emotions without putting a cap on what's the appropriate amount of time to feel it for. What is the appropriate amount of time? Well, it depends it? on the emotion, in case you're wondering. <laughs> no, I mean, but seriously, you know, I would sort of go, well, it's not appropriate to be angry, so I'm not going to feel angry. Because I'm a good Christian? Oh, but I did feel angry. Yeah, I just yeah. shoved it down, right? Um, now, did you know you or, were doing that? Did you know you were doing that? Or is that a new revelation? No, I mean, I... I knew I was doing it as a child into teenage. That's how I coped with everything. Mm -hmm. And I probably thought that I had gotten better at that because, again, I would allow myself to feel angry for an appropriate amount of time, perhaps five minutes. Uh, and then I needed to be mature and be past, you mm -hmm. know, whatever it was that I was feeling. Um, and I realized, actually, I probably really short-circuited getting to healing faster, for lack of a better explanation, because I refuse to, in the moment, just be able to feel how I feel and be okay with it. Do you remember when that revelation came to you? Oh, if I feel my feelings, there's something on the other side of that that well, isn't pathetic. Uh, I would, yeah, because I would say even, even if the feeling was justified, I was still angry that I was feeling instead of faithing. Uh, so you're angry at yourself for being human. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably when I went to the Sage Hill training was when it started sort of shifting uh, in terms of my understanding of it. But but uh, it was a slow slow turning boat. I'm. Can I ask you questions? I guess. I we we haven't heard any of this. I don't yeah. even know what's on her list. She doesn't know what's on mine. Okay. I'm so curious about what that shift looked like because I was with you on the weekend that we did the Sage Hill training. Mm -hmm. And you weren't having a good time. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I, so no. my experience of you wasn't, my gosh, I'm learning some things and my heart is shifting. It was like a very different experience. Well, I think I think I wasn't having a good time because I had all kinds of emotions mm -hmm. um, about what I was seeing and feeling and all that kind of stuff. And nobody was doing nobody was doing theophostics. Nobody was inviting Jesus in. Nobody right. was praying at the end to make everybody feel better nobody would, and i was just like oh my gosh this is irresponsible what is happening because it's not it wasn't my paradigm for how you help somebody process okay. um so it was irresponsible because you're making me feel feelings um yes okay yeah yeah and then not not helping me just being like yeah i'm okay that you feel that well i'm not okay that i feel that you psycho so yeah uh so yeah yeah that was i mean that's when it started but i would honestly say i mean that's three years ago now isn't it and uh so what did you do with all of that irresponsibility that they had inflicted upon you and now you're having feelings well i actually talked to my leader about how irresponsible i felt that this process was all right and they basically were like and how do you feel about that and i was like oh i just want to thump you right now you know <laughs> just i think i've just expressed how i feel about it um i have you in a chokehold does that express anything <laughs> you know, to you um why don't you write an interpretive dance about how i'm feeling <laughs> so yeah i mean i uh well i don't know what you just asked me i can't remember well so you very clearly stated that you had feelings about having feelings mm. 
and I, and that was new for you because mm. pr- what you just told me was you know in your theophostic moments I had feelings you know in a clinical safe environment with and, like a trusted and person. then it would go away yeah. and that was the point yeah. I'll feel it and that's gone yeah Ooh. and now you're on the other side of whatever journey you've been on right. saying man I totally missed it I realized that if I allow my heart to feel there is feelings on the other side so you've told the story of having the feelings and it wasn't fun and you've told us the and now I realized that was good. What what was the space between those two things? Oh, like hard work of realizing really the issue is I want to be in control. And having feelings feels like I'm not in control. Yeah. yeah. And of course, I live with this guy who all the time, athletic. good looking, athletic, gray hair. Yeah, humble. Uh, okay. Um, who... <laughs> Who is always like, well, how do you feel about that? And what do you need? And uh, I realized those questions made me so angry because I couldn't logic those questions. But again, they made me so angry. My experience of living with you wasn't that you felt you didn't display anger towards me about that. Well, I You're manage like, shut my- the heck up, No, Jones. no, no. Like, like, I, but didn't- I mean, I do manage myself in general like i'm not i'm not a hugely demonstrative person so even the things that i'm feeling inside mm-hmm. i'm probably going to process those for a good deal of time before they come to the outside did you mean angry passionate or angry shut up with your stupid feelings questions shut up with your stupid okay. feeling i don't mean passionate i just mean like ugh okay just shut up with your stupid sage hill questions yeah um, i get that which to be fair they told us not to go home and use those questions, but I figured you'd already done the course, so we were we're we're both in the same boat. So yeah. we could like not use them on people who hadn't done the course, but we could use them on each other. Yeah. And of course, I was like, I don't know, a year into this, two years into this, yeah, a year and a half at least. And on one level, it was great because it kept, uh, it kept p- pushing a button enough that I was like, oh, I think I want to go and actually get in therapy myself, mm. uh, to see what I might not know about me. Okay. And and also like my main thing was like sitting down with my uh therapist the first time I was like my you know he's saying what's your goal and I'm like my goal is to know what I need because I never know what I need cuz I don't remember being allowed to need. Mm. Um so oh, that's huge. But even in that there's tons of emotion like I could cry right now, you know. So just realizing okay, I Historically, I manage my emotion, um, and but I don't think I've done myself any favors by managing it the way that I have. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like by essentially just hiding it and hoping it's going to go away, and and then it manifesting through your body and sickness. Yes. Yeah. Thus, all of last year. Mm-hmm. So it's so I don't know profound. I mean, big. Worthy of a pause when I hear you say, I went to therapy because I realized I did not know what I need. And I'm just thinking about, I'm zooming out 100,000 feet and just thinking, what sort of life can you live if you don't know what you need? I mean, think think about a child who doesn't know what they need, doesn't know that they need clothing or love or support or education or safety. And then, you know, now I know you. I don't, I don't think of you as someone who doesn't know what they need. And yeah, I also trust you when you when you say that. And pff, I'm just thinking out loud here, and I'm trying to spitball here. I guess the way you got through life was watch what other people need and assume the things that they need oh, to exactly. be mine. Yeah. So it wasn't like you were a basket case or uncontrollable, but you'd lost the sense of self of what does Alice and Jean need? Or... Or in many, I mean, in many seasons, need nothing so that you can't be disappointed. Like, just, you know, because my my needs were not famine-oriented. Like, my food was covered, my clothes were, you know, I was fed and clothed and whatever. And then what my the heck needs, have you got to complain about? Right, exactly. Which is probably your self-talk. Right. right. My needs were emotional, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and just security and encouragement and all that kind of stuff. And just sort of went, you know what? It, it's way better to not have needs then you don't get continually disappointed mm. but what i what i trained myself to do is to not have needs and essentially be invisible and so then when somebody asked me what my needs are uh i you know i just realized i can't even answer that i don't have a need right but i don't have a need not out of a healthy place but out of a 
I don't allow myself to have a need. Wow. That's a pretty big number one. Yeah. You ready for number two? Well, I am. I mean, I think I am. I, like, I'm learning lots. Okay. I mean, we're, we're talking about five things I didn't know about therapy. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Like, in many ways, that's a big thing I didn't know about myself. Yeah. And I didn't know that therapy would give you. I'm not trying to write your list, but I'm like, that's big. That's weighty. That's heavy. Yeah. But sure, give me number two. All right. Number two is not all therapists are created equal. So good. Unpack. So, what do you mean by that? Well, I, uh, many years ago, well, between doing like suicide support group, my dad killed himself and, and some stuff at church, which was very unhealthy for me. Um, I, I had an, a schema in my mind of this is what counseling looks like. And after several negative experiences, I was like, and I'll just do all of my inner healing, me and God much safer to keep these psychotic people out of my scenario. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, I, of course, did the Sage Hill training. And while it pushed my buttons, I did think, oh, this is, you know, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did some group therapy. And that that for me wasn't awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not because of, like, anything specific like in terms of not that the counselors I didn't do one-on-one counseling with them I don't know maybe they're amazing you know uh but for me that group therapy scenario was not particularly the one that I was in what wasn't great for me um and then since starting to see my current therapist which I started seeing him in June um I realized oh I I leave feeling uh like I've been heard, feeling uh, like I've also been challenged to to live differently. Uh, I, yeah, I just feel like a release from having been able to talk about things with somebody who feels safe. Right. Um, and my realization is I, I had so much fear going to see him because I had so many bad experiences before. Right. Um, and he's actually really redeemed mm-hmm. that for me. Your, I fully agree with your point. In fact, your point made my list too. <gasps> oh, see, combined points. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. All right, great. Number three. Um, that group therapy and one-on-one therapy are different and produce different results. You didn't know that before. Well, for me, before they were all just a bundle of just want to stay away from all of that nonsense. I hear you. Right? Okay. So, it's Tell me it about was your experience. just all a negative soup. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whether it was group therapy seemed like a magnification of something awful, which is therapy. Now we're going to add <laughs> more people into which that. Which would explain scenario. your reaction when I came home and said, "I think I'm going to start group therapy where you just guffawed yeah. laughing." Yeah. Because well, I was like, I remember saying, you couldn't pay me enough to do that. Right. Which, of course, a couple of years later, I, I signed up to, to try yes, it. But, but that's how intervals work. Rice, but. yeah. Uh, rice. Rice. <laughs> rice. Mm, rice. Yum, Chicken. Yum. Um, but well, yeah. anyway, so like you were saying, historically, it was all terrible. Yeah. Right. And now you've redeemed the experience of of individual therapy. Individual therapy, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm only a fan of group therapy based on your experience. So and like, to be fair, when you would describe what your group therapy experience was like, yeah, it sounded like uh, the, the that did not sound like group therapy. That sounded like a social club, and you were an outsider and late to the party, right? And and they did actually implode the group, okay. you know, uh, on purpose. They were like, "We're going to disband this group for you know." They Some of the reasons you pointed yeah. out, yeah. So you know, fair enough. Uh, so, but unfortunately, I was you know part of that group for a little while and i love individually i loved all the like ladies that were in it it's not mm-hmm. that it was just the dynamic was and how, as a feeler it was so strange for me how different was your experience of group therapy that you went to privately on your own mm. versus the group therapy that you did as part of the stage show training like just compare those two experiences the one that was part of the training felt like it had way more structure to it and yeah. it felt more like people were leading it the other one didn't feel like it was being led. It felt like it was sort of blown by the wind. Okay. 
Um, and again, because I'm like, I don't, you know, it makes sense that the one on the training weekend, which is like, you're going to group, go to group now and talk about this is going to feel more, more structured. structured. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what it's supposed to feel like in a healthy group when you're not on a training mm-hmm. weekend. So I don't have like a comparison. That makes sense. Yeah. And and so you're saying the good example that you are perhaps eager to find out about is just from my experience. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, you had so much great fruit from group therapy and you loved it and you'd get so excited about going done, yeah. where I would be like, I'm going because I said I would go and I'm hoping that I get something great out of it because Alan thinks this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I've only ever done one group. Right. I mean, I did it for two years, and I only ever did one group. And the, the, you know, the people in the group cycled through. So, in many ways, it was a different group. But by and large, we had the same. You know, for the two years, it was one. The same group leader was consistent. Yeah. And for a year, it was one guy, and for a year, it was another guy. And so there's some differences, but still, I, I, I don't know if I just struck gold and found the best group ever. TM mm-hmm. or whether it was my first experience and I haven't done a different group therapy and I'm almost too scared to for the same reason of like you guys aren't doing it the way I like doing it let's you know yeah and I don't want to be that person or yeah. maybe I do I, I don't know but yes but it is interesting that the Lord has redeemed individual therapy for you yes and I'm not that he has to like you know again the important thing to understand that therapy group therapy is not a magic bullet it's, yeah. it's not the solution. It's not the only way to have wholeheartedness. It's just right. one facet of what, you know, is available to us. But I would be really passionate for everybody to have a group experience like I had a group experience. But maybe they don't need it. Like maybe yeah. the reason I needed it was what I got from it. And other people have already got that. So they might not need it. And I also have wondered more recently when I've thought about uh, as much as I like to as much as I'm like, oh, I'm more logical, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, I'm still a feeler. Like, that's one of the ways that I, you know, engage with my environment. Yeah. And so for me to be with, you know, five or six other women that are all feeling big feelings and then, you know, not not really know how to process all the things I'm feeling off of different people that just but would you ever talk about the feelings that you're feeling great for me no because I wasn't leading the group and I kept coming back to like okay if I'm here for me does it help me to talk about what I feel like you're feeling and what's rating off of you it it kind of doesn't see for me it would okay I'd be like I'm having this feeling about you and it's getting in the way of me being me because while you're all talking about this pretty little stuff, it feels like all this stuff's going on in your life. Sure, babe, but I would have been doing that like <laughs> every minute. Like that, that wouldn't have been, yeah. Maybe so, that's the difference. So for me, I think sitting in a room with only one other person mm-hmm. and not, you know. Well, I'm just thinking like when I did group therapy, I wanted to not feel that would have made that so much easier. But that wasn't an option. It. I haven't figured out how to shut off anything when it's turned on, so. Uh, so number four, me trying to figure out what he, my therapist, is thinking about what I am saying is actually counterproductive. <laughs> Say that again from the top. Okay. Because I've done so, that. So me trying to figure out what he is thinking about what I am saying is counterproductive. Yeah. Because I realized I was like, oh, I'm not actually engaging with me and what I feel when I'm spending time thinking about what are you thinking about what I just said? Do you ask him about that? Or does no, he call just, you on that? No, I just realized that that's what I was doing. And then I thought, this isn't going to help me. Like, this isn't going to help me be present with how I'm feeling, which is why I'm here. I don't care what you're thinking, really. You got to that point way faster than I did. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Like, I remember, like, on the, my ninth month of individual therapy, my therapist said, it feels like you spend so much time in my seat that maybe you should just sit here. And then he made me swap seats. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was just doing that the whole time. Yeah. And again, that was in an effort to make me feel safe. Yeah. But I think also I'm I'm confident that if if my therapist is thinking something, he'll actually say it. Like he'll call me on stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh but I realized, yeah, it was real I I realized that had sort of become a protection mechanism. You know, like me thinking about what he's thinking about what I'm saying actually allows me to disconnect from how I feel right now. It's so. your go-to thing to get away from you. 
What does it give well, you? Well, to get away from my feelings, yes, yes. What does it give you if you know what he's thinking? Nothing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. No, no, I, I was just, know. I was, you know, yeah. you were so aware that you were doing it yeah. and decided to stop doing it yeah, because you realized it was impeding your progress. Yeah. But clearly you were doing it for a reason. And that reason could just be habit. This is what I've yeah. always done. Yeah. But it could be like, you know, it makes me feel like I'm doing therapy right. Like, am I even doing this right? Yeah. I'm looking at his face for cues as to whether this is going well. Like, uh, there's so many reasons, and I don't know your reasons. So that, that's I was just curious. I like, don't. I don't know if I isolated that. So, and then number five. Wait, we're moving way too quickly. You don't want to stay with number four? No, I, I don't. want to explore that. Yeah, I don't. Because <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not in therapy right <laughs> no, now. No, no, I'm just okay. Fine, whatever. I'll respect uh, your boundaries. And then number five was uh, so much healing comes from simple validation unpack that darling. well so i realized like one of my main my main uh difficulties when we did the sage hill training was you're having people you know write a list of the mo- 10 most horrible things that happened to them and then yep. share two of them yep. and i'm like you're having people share two of their hardest things and then nobody is praying for them, helping them process it, whatever. But they're saying, now, how do you feel about what AJ just said? Or how do you feel about what, Bo-? you know? Yeah. And again, I felt like this is so irresponsible. And how is this helpful to anyone? Right. Uh, until I went and I shared whatever. We had to read this. We had to write out one of our things, mm-hmm. you know, what things, you know, we had to write out one of the things into like a story and we would put in like, what did things smell like? What did they feel like? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I-, I read my thing sort of thinking, I don't, I, I wasn't thinking this is dumb. I just kind of wanted to get it over with. I wasn't really sure what I would get out of it. Uh, and I just thought that's fine. I've done the assignment, check that box, you know, kind of thing. And, read it and at the end looked up and there was two of the dad type people in my group, you know, like sort of one generation older that were, were crying. And both of them were like, I'm so angry that somebody did that to you. And I remember just feeling like, but like feeling the validation of, Oh yeah, that really wasn't okay brought so much healing and still nobody prayed and nobody Mm -hmm. asked me where Jesus was when that was, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, actually I don't think I've realized how much validation actually helps people head towards healing. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I just hid all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't actually share what was happening with Mm me. Um, so I was thinking that, and it, it's similar to, we talk uh, at church about syncing with one another, mm-hmm. you know, like syncing with somebody in the midst and you're not trying to fix their pain. You're just saying, I'm really sorry. You know, that really sucked or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the thing is, um, but syncing with them where they are. And uh, I realized like, I didn't realize how I've done it with other people for them, uh, but I haven't. I didn't realize how powerful it was for somebody to just validate, hey, that really wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, for me, that ushered in the Holy Spirit being able to start to talk to me about, you know, you know, basically where where I've aligned my expectations with disappointment and, and things like that because of like one memory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Your eyes are all glassy. It's okay. I'm just going to look away for a minute. Okay. Because well, you felt for too long of an appropriate moment. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I, that's I felt so my beautiful. sadness for an appropriate two and a half minutes. Oh, yeah, anyway, that makes me so, sad. Yeah. I feel sad just joking about that. Okay. It is powerful, isn't it? Mm. The whole thing of being with somebody, just creating a space for them to be and, and be and with them. And not fixing that. it. Like nobody tried to fix it because I think sometimes we feel like a pressure to like somebody tells you something really hard and really or really sad and as particularly as Christians we want to throw a scripture verse at it uh well let me pray for you Mm -hmm. or let me and really on some level sometimes we're saying well let me help you disconnect from feeling bad because I feel uncomfortable or whatever 
and it's not, actually, it's not even care for them. It's all about us. Let me help you disconnect from it, so you don't have feelings. So I don't have to have feelings right, about your feelings. Right. So actually, just having people go, oh, that was awful, mm-hmm. you know, and not fix it, not pray for me, not whatever. But actually, it it did so much good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all I was thinking. Yeah, it's beautiful. What a great list, AJ Jones. Yes, I loved. I being nailed with you. my list. Thank you. I did. Thank I really you. loved hearing some of that. Thank you. And I loved getting to hear about your journey because we've talked a little bit about it you know through the years mm. but it's nice nice it's i feel really connected to you i feel really intimate hearing that side of your story all right you ready for my five i am number one number one i wasn't aware of the significant differences and the similarities between inner healing and counseling or inner healing and therapy okay so I think, you know, we were talking about doing the Sage Hill training. I think for a lot of us, because, you know, a lot of our team went to this thing and it's run by, you know, trained uh, clinicians. Mm-hmm. And probably we all had varying degrees of questions, curiosity about like, hey, why do you all do this? But then don't do this. Right. And I realized in many ways were, you know, the 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 clinical psychology or the you know you know family therapy and counseling and inner healing are trying to scale the same mountain which is wholehearted living right like from a christian perspective we want everybody we we want everybody to receive everything that jesus paid for mm. for uh you know the clinical model it's like oh yeah we actually want you to uh be able to not just function but live fullheartedly yeah and we're coming at it from two different directions and you know, I was so curious about why they didn't do half the stuff yeah. that we did. Me too. And then also realized, in hindsight, that a lot of the stuff that we did from an inner healing world didn't give you what they offered. Right. And previously, I didn't value what they offered. Right. Because, uh, oh, you like, it felt like, uh, and again, I am not laying the blame at inner healing. This could be my view of these tools. So please don't hear me. I think every model except for Jesus is going to be limited. No yes. matter how good it is, it's and going I to be limited. And I actually think they're designed to work really well all together. I, I absolutely yeah. agree. But I think historically my approach to inner healing was, what's your problem? Let's fix it. Boom, problem gone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not how anything ever works. No, whereas <laughs> I would, and to be fair, I could have approached uh, uh, counseling in the same way. Yes. Um. If if I got to that first, perhaps. Who knows? But all I know is that when I got to counseling, I was just so frustrated by the process because it was just like, why aren't you fixing things? Like, it was my biggest complaint. Right. My therapist would be like, let's be curious together. I'd be like, no, no, no. Let me write you a check. Let's you, the expert, find out what's wrong, and then let's work to fix it. Because right. when I call a plumber... I don't want to be curious. I don't want to be curious. I want to write my check and make the problem go away. <laughs> and, you know, counseling or a good counselor is not, not going to approach life that way yeah. at all. Yeah. So I, didn't, I, didn't, I just didn't realize those differences. And I remember, God bless Stephen James, the, the CEO of Sage Hill, I remember our senior team from Grace Center went and met with him mm. to say, hey, we've dipped the toe of, you know... We've dipped our toes in your pond, and here are some questions. What about this, and what about that, and what about this, and what about that? And he was so patient to answer our questions to help us discover, I don't know, the, the goal, the limitations inherent in each model, and yeah. it was very, very helpful. Yeah. So, you know, there's significant differences with the approach, but there's also significant similarities in yeah. that we are after wholehearted living. And I don't think I can emphasize this again. The goal of this podcast is not like, yay, therapy's good and boo, inner healing's bad. No, it's I not think you need both. I would say <laughs> that, you know, everything is, everything we're talking about is just a facet yeah. to getting what Jesus already paid for on the yeah. cross. Yeah. That would be my number one. I, I, like I was it. not aware. And I could probably unpack that a little bit more in terms of like all the different things. Um, you know, uh, the parallel I came up with while thinking about this is the difference between praying for people to be healed and going to a doctor or a hospital. Mm-hmm. It's not either or. God wants sick people well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we shouldn't criticize any methodology that's used to reach that goal. Yeah. With me? Yeah. All right. Number two. I did not know 
Are you trying to look at my notes? Well, I realized like you write full on paragraphs and I wrote like a point form for well, each one. Well, I'm a verbal processor. And so when I'm, I'm verbally That's processing, true. I write down what I hear. <laughs> I didn't know how much I needed a space to receive. Yeah. Like I remember like the reason I went was I'd lost my mom and my dad in the space of two years. Yeah. And, you know, I'm having some feelings. I want my permission. Let's just go see this guy. Let's do some grief therapy and let's make it go away and get on with my life. Right. And I was completely missing the gift that was given to me. Yeah. Because I didn't value feelings. I didn't value knowing what I felt so that I would know what I need. I didn't value any of that. Mm. Wait, are you trying to hold in a yawn? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Go on, just let it out. It's just yep. easier. No, your lungs can explode if you hold in a yawn. There you go. Look at that. I did not know the value and the gift. And I would encourage everybody, especially leaders, mm. to have a window where they're there not leading themselves. They're yeah. allowing themselves to be led. Yeah. It's certainly, uh, it's really helpful when the whole rest of your world is is leading others or being responsible for others and giving output. Whether, you know, it's as parents, being in ministry, all that kind of stuff, uh -huh. for sure. Yeah. One of the reasons I was so fanatical about group therapy was it was an hour and a half every week where nobody was looking for my input. Yeah. Like our jobs are, were often required to give input answers reasons insight per, you know like that's our job right. people are drawing on us to to speak into situations yeah. and i love my job yeah but to go for a year uh, for a year and a half nobody even knew what i did for a living nobody cared yeah to be in a room where i'm you know not a voice that people want to hear from yeah unless i've got something to share was absolutely wonderful yeah. And then even, you know, one-on-one -on -one counseling to go there and just to have a space each week. And actually, the, the story's about you and it's supposed to be about you rather than us trying to do this fake humility thing. Yeah. Because what I learned in therapy is everything is always about us. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, we're all, as humans, incredibly narcissistic. You know, yeah. that's sin right yeah. there. But we develop these skills to make it look like it's about you so that we can hide our shame about it wanting to be about me. And the gift of going for therapy is it's like one week and it is about you. And if you try and make it about the therapist, if they're good, they'll be like, we're not here to talk about me. Like, what do you need to talk about you? Yeah. So I didn't know how much I needed that. And I think that whole thing was 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 humility in action. Like if you can embrace, and it sounds backwards, but if you can embrace this hour is about you and you need it to be about you, mm. I became a better husband and father and leader because of the time I allocated there. Mm -hmm. I agree. You do? Yeah. All right. Number, number three. This was the same one that you had. Your therapy is only as good as your therapist. Well, you said it different, but sure. Well, I want to qualify that because <laughs> yeah. all the data out there says, in contrary, mm. it really doesn't matter your therapist or the type of therapy or the this or the that. What is actually the greatest determinator of the success of therapy is the commitment of the client. Okay. The the willingness of the client to show up and do the work right. is the single biggest factor in, in determining how effective therapy will be. Okay. Right. That's what like multiple reports have said. I would argue that even if that's true, the skill level of the therapist is going to determine the fruit of the therapy session. I think so. And I don't have an extensive experience um as you know as much as you in having a bad therapist but just in speaking to people who've been to therapy or, or speaking to people who are sharing some of their experiences and i have been to some where i'm just like what are you doing right to find a skilled therapist who who meets what you need and and sometimes that really has nothing to do with their skill per se but maybe their personality or what you're looking for or what you need in that season right and it might be different from season to season for absolutely sure. yeah my encouragement with that is if you've had a bad experience with a therapist or bad experience with therapy, can I encourage you to give it another go? Because as AJ said, you don't know what healing is waiting for you on the other side of yeah. doing the work. Yeah. All right, number four. I love this. Number four, as I reflect on this, like what did I not know about therapy? Was that uh, number four is my head helped my heart find its voice. Oh, that's cool. Now, ironically, going to my head was actually one of my defense mechanisms. Mm. When I feel like I'm, I'm I'm challenged, when I feel like I'm being threatened, when I feel overwhelmed, let's just leave my heart, leave all those feelings mm -hmm. that feel like I'm going to be suffocating and drowning and go to my head and just logic, rationalize, debate my way out of Throw it. Throw bombs from there. Yeah. yeah. 
right? And I'm yeah. really good at it. You are. And Very I've, good I've had it. plenty Terrifying. of training in it. Yeah. And I'm at my best when I'm scared and my back's against the wall and just give me access to the internet and I'll be back in 30 seconds and I'll wipe the floor with you, right? <laughs> and that, what it, like uh, you can imagine that produces a very lonely existence. Yes. So ironic that the very defense mechanism that kept me isolated was the very gift that brought me healing. Okay. And so what I mean by that is uh, being in therapy for like, I don't know, eight or nine months and feeling like I'm getting nowhere and then going to the Sage Hill weekend, the Sage Hill training, where they kind of explained some of the magic behind the process. Like, mm. this is what we try to do when we're with a client. This is how addiction cycles work. Mm. This is how your feelings work. This is how your brain processes emotion. Mm. This is what separation does to a child. This is what your family of origin has done. This is what your family systems have brought up that you keep living in. Like having a, a you used the, ski, the word schema before, but having a framework, a grid to understand stuff, that somehow, unlike, oh, I do that. I can see myself doing that. I understand that works. I know what that's like. I can, mm -hmm. it like, do, 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 do. my brain understood it so that my heart could engage with it. Like I've joked before, you know, we did the whole thing about Chip Dodd's uh, book on the voice of the heart. Yes. I read that book and I threw it across the room. I thought it was garbage. I hated the book. <laughs> I really did. I told Chip that. And then once I started doing the work around that, and I, I think a combination of doing the work around it, but also having it explained to me in a way that I could understand it, actually made my head value it which allowed my heart to experience it yeah that makes sense and i'm really i'm really grateful for my brain that kept me safe all those years and it did it did a good job but i'm also really really grateful that it had capacity to understand a different way and allow my my heart to speak from yeah. time to time so good I don't know if you're just frozen. You're just saying so. I'm good, so, so cold. Um, but I was thinking you you said and you said schema earlier, and I thought I don't even think I used that word, so I doubt it. But okay, <laughs> I like that you're. I'm attributing... gonna put in a, I'm gonna put in a replay right now. <laughs> I had an a schema in my mind of this is what counseling looks like. Okay, and you did. I like that you're attributing nice big words to me. Schema <laughs> is a very short word. Well, it sounds intelligent. Okay, there you go. We were, we were with some friends last weekend and we were talking and I so related to my friend who was sharing a story about how he decided he didn't want to have feelings mm. because he looked at the lives of the people whose lives were run by feelings and thought, I don't want to be like you. Mm. And that was my experience. Like people who had lots of feelings were at best spiritually or intellectually immature. I don't believe that. I did. I totally believed that and judged it. So I don't want to be like that. Right. Like most of the people who are being emotional. You mean you don't believe that now? Don't believe but that But you now. did believe that Absolutely believe right. that now. It was a huge judgment. Yeah. And probably because most of the people who are having a meltdown were because they're having big feelings about it. Right. You know, and if they just get their act together, then they wouldn't feel that thing and then they could just move on. Right. You know, so that was very robust thinking for me. Mm -hmm. And as one person in group therapy once said to me, Alan, I bet that's made you really, really effective at work but probably kept you and everybody around you really, really lonely. And I was like, <laughs> shut, shut up. up. Yeah. All right, number five. Yeah. I'm, I'm still learning this. So, uh, by the way, all these things, I haven't learned and they're in the past and now I've matured past them. Right. I still am learning them and revisiting them. But number right. five would be, I did not know how much of your childhood story repeats itself through your life. Oh, wow. Yeah. We have this thing in, in, in the inner healing world. If your reaction to an event is far larger than the event warrants, then the issue isn't the issue. Right. Right? Right. So if I say to you, if you say to me, honey, can you pass the ketchup? And I unreasonable, or if I just explode, I'm like, get your own ketchup, and I can't believe you'd ask me this. Blah, blah, blah. Like the issue isn't about AJ asking me to get the ketchup. The right. issue is about something different. The issue is not the issue. Right. And so Chip says, though. Well, Sage Hill yeah, would Sage teach Hill. us that when you have a reaction larger than the event would warrant the reaction, you've, you've gone home. You've gone home, yeah. You've gone home. You've revisited your childhood story. Mm. Again, going back to the Sage Hill training that, that weekend, where we got to explore a, duff, a number of different models for looking at how you've ended up the way you've ended up. Yes. One of the things they talked about was, you know, your family system. Yes. So how you grew up. And what roles you played. And so, you know, you, you can go Google this. Um, but there's, you know, the, the mascot, the lost child, the hidden child, uh, the enabler, the addict. There's all roles in families. Mm. And we've probably played a bunch of those roles through different stages of our life. 
And what I learned from doing that and, and being in therapy and in individual therapy and group therapy is, oh, I'm replaying the roles yes. I learned to excel at yes. in childhood. Yeah. Were we going to say something? I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, my therapist will often say to me, uh, especially when I'm curious about a reaction or whatever, and I've just talked about a circumstance, and he'll say, and is that familiar to you? Mm. You know, like... They're asking you to go home. Yeah, asking me to... to Right, to look at look at home. I remember one time I was in group therapy. I think I've told the story before on the podcast. But I remember I asked a I, I kind of smarted off as against somebody. Mm-hmm. And one of the group leaders rightly said, Alan, what are you feeling? And I just dismissed this question, like, I'm not feeling anything, you know? Even though I just had a reaction to this guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to backpedal out of I haven't had a reaction, no, I'm totally fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh and then I'm like kind of fuming at the guy that asked me, and so like I go after him. Oh, yeah, well, what about this and what about that? And then the other guy comes in and is like, Alan, what are you feeling when you're asking so-and-so these questions? And, uh, you know, I'm having really big feelings about this. And I'm aware I'm having really big feelings. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling lots of shame that I'm having these feelings without my permission. And so I go away and I think about it. And I come back the next week and I have a confrontation for those two group leaders. Because I felt like as I was going after one guy... The other guy stopped me going after him. And I'm like, you know, what are you so scared about me going after him? Yada, yada, yada. And so as I'm retelling the story, I can see all these confused faces on the people in the group. And I'm like, what, what, why, are, why are all your faces confused? And they're like, Alan, the events that you're describing happened. Like the conversations you're describing happened. The reactions that you're saying that these key players had did not happen. And I realized those reactions were so real to me and I would swear on a stack of Bibles, that's exactly what happened. I haven't exaggerated a little bit. Like, that's everything that happened. And yet I have to bear witness and recognize that six people observed this dialogue and none of them share the same experience as me. What's happened? I've just gone home. I've mm-hmm. made one of them my father, one of them my mother, and I'm replaying an experience. And the rest of them your sisters. <laughs> I'm replaying that experience from my childhood, yeah. and it's as real. Yeah. And I like when we broke that down, I was like, I can't believe I'm doing that. And it made me think, not only is that familiar, but does that happen a lot? And I'm like, that shows up at, in our relationship, mm-hmm. shows up at work, mm-hmm. it shows up with friends, and it shows up in, in group. Mm-hmm. And you know, the beauty of group is it's like this kind of like little a sandbox, so to speak, where you can, you, where your childhood issues will just show up. Yes. No matter how hard you work out, you know, work against them showing up, they sure. will. Sure. And so I think one of the things that, that, that therapy has given me is that awareness that I, even as a 47, 48, how old am I? You're 47. 47 year old mm-hmm. man, my childhood story mm-hmm. is still playing out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh how helpful is it to a know that and b address some of the things that keep you from from going home yeah can i tell you another story yes this is literally about going home okay what would happen every time i would go home literally to my family of origin with you do you remember mm-hmm. what would happen you would revert to like behavior i didn't recognize at all i'm like what what happened to the calm person that i am married to i would just retreat why because yeah. it was my safest thing to do it was what you did at your home <laughs> was would retreat so just the 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 geographical cues the the you know biological markers the smell of you know the fabric software in my house would just whoop, I, I would just retreat and similarly when social circumstances are set up that would mirror my family environment i will play one of the roles um, yeah. Or historically, it would now. Now I've got like different options. Yeah. Um, so it's like all that stuff is fascinating, and would not have known without therapy. Yeah, it's amazing. So there you go. That that was my five things. I do want to reiterate and be very very clear that therapy counseling is just one other tool that God can use to ensure that you get everything Jesus paid for. Yeah. We're still huge fans of RTF, of heart sync, of inner healing. Absolutely. All the umbrella that comes under it. That's Absolutely. something we still teach, yep. still value, we still encourage you to get. Yes. But would also encourage you, if you need to, and if you're yeah, praying about it. especially if you feel stuck. Yep. Yeah. Seek out a great counselor or therapist to help you. Yeah. All right. AJ Jones. Yes. You ready for a listener's question? I think so. Well, you don't know because I haven't read it to you yet. Right. Okay. So, my um, big complicated words like schema in it. Oh. <laughs> All right. This is from Chris. Yes. All right. Chris says this, I've been through Finding Father once last year, and I'm going through for the second time. 
In the season, I have learned to soak and enjoy the Father's presence. We have a baby on the way. So do we. So now my question is, how do I maintain the walk and growth in the Spirit as the troubles and trials that people speak of will be coming? Thanks. Now, before you answer, can you explain to everybody what Finding Father is? So, Finding Father is the book that I wrote. And the video is, course that you and have. And a video course that we have uh, that is a um, daily Bible study, a 12-week right. da- daily Bible study. Uh, so, first of all, Chris, well done. Going through it a second time. That's so great. Um, well, I, I mean, I think the first thing that I want to talk about, you know where I'm going. I is, do know where you're going. Is I, I would encourage you don't align your expectations with trials and troubles being synonymous with having a baby. Correct. Um, we, that was not my experience with any of our three babies. Uh, and I had, they were all preemie. Um, well, I guess technically we managed to make MJ go full term, uh, to the, you know, to the definition. Uh, but you know, we had a lot of things that technically would be stacked against us. And, uh, in terms of like, you know, being, being preemie or as preemie as they were, uh, and actually I, I loved every, every season of them being little. Now do paint a realistic picture. You're not saying that nothing will change in your life. No. Oh no. Everything is going to, yeah. I mean, for everything sure, is going to change for sure. Like I remember when we got married, I had a huge revelation of how selfish I am. I had, uh, and then you sort of like simmer down to like a, a, maybe a less level of selfishness, but you don't realize that you're still selfish until a little person wants all of your time. And then you realize, Oh, it's still there. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was, your but, how your time is spent is but different. You wouldn't classify that as trials and tribulations. No, I would and troubles. Sorry. I would no. I would say that's sort of normal growth. Reframe you know? that yeah. because you don't want that as an expectation. Yeah. Like we would often have people say, you know, when we found out they were pregnant, people would be like, oh well, you know, it's the last lie-in you'll ever have for seventeen years. Just like, like what? Get rid of the negative yeah. expectations. Be be understand. Yeah, your life is going to change. But one of the best pieces of advice we ever got was from a friend of ours, Trish Bootsma, who said, kids will fit into your life if you let them. Yeah. Right? So... I mean, we, with Abigail, we traveled all over the world preaching. I mean, literally, by the time she turned one, she'd been in 18 nations, been 106 flights, and we were good. I mean, we were doing what we were called to do, and... And Abby was good. I mean, she was right, she was so we've loving dealt it. With so, and tribulations. so we recognize your life will change. Yeah, it but. will change. And yeah, you're gonna, you know, yes, you get less sleep in in the same amounts of time that you want them, and all that kind of stuff. But I, those are short seasons of that. Um, and uh, so, how do you like maintain ha- like soaking and things like that with a little one? I think. You take each day as it comes, you give yourself lots of grace, and your baby is going to be napping three or four times a day. Uh, you could soak one of the times when they're napping. You know what I mean? Like just Your soaking might turn into sleeping it, real quick. It might, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, I think you just sort of say, okay, Holy Spirit, what's my strategy for today uh, to to get some time with you, to to get to soak and, and uh, you know, press into you? And then... If the day sort of blows up, which some days do blow up because that's the nature of having a little one at home, we'll then try again tomorrow. But so my thing would be give yourself tons of grace. Realize that this season of uh, lots of sleepness and stuff like that, that's that's pretty short. And uh, yeah, just ask the Holy Spirit for help in in how to accomplish what yeah. you want to accomplish. Be, be kind to yourself. Yeah. And, and what you've got, the growth you've got is yours to keep. And you can always build on it and life is going to look differently and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking when I was, when I was single before we even were married, uh, when I was home, I would have regularly, my God time was five to six hours a day. Uh, I haven't had a season that looked like that again. Now, you know, that was for a couple of years. Then we got married. Then now somebody else is in your house. So now it looks a little bit different. And then babies come along and then it looks real different again. And so just give yourself lots of grace for when things change. The Holy Spirit has a plan and an ability to help you come up with a way of doing it. Uh, and But just be aware, you know, extend yourself grace. Mm-hmm. It's not a competition. Yeah, it makes me yeah. think that maybe you should make Finding Father into an audiobook. So people can listen to it as well as read it. 
because most of your reading is through audiobooks. That's true. Just thought of a project we could do this week. Oh, this week? Yeah. Are you Thanksgiving ready to week. Let's do it. Are you ready to record Finding Father? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Great question. Thank you for sending that in. If you want to ask us a question that we'll try and answer on the show, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. And if people want show notes, go to alanandaj.com slash 262. And if you want to stay up to date on our adoption journey, if you go to alanandaj.com slash adopt, you'll find information there, but you'll also find a sign up where you can just sign up to our email. It's the fastest way to know what's going on in that particular journey. And finally, to become a member and join this elite group of impossibly good-looking people, incredibly suave, intelligent yes. people with fantastic taste, go to alanandaj.com <laughs> slash join to learn all about the benefits and how you can become a member. Yeah. Have a wonderful week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan yeah. and AJ oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone